everyone loves TV Dad. On the next TV Dad, presented by Progressive, TV Dad explains becoming a man. Son, it's time we had the talk. Okay, TV Dad. You know, drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. Oh, is that why my voice is changing? That's a question for your health teacher. Listen to your TV dad. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Potential savings will vary. On another exciting episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, I think I've seen some of the sickest animation I've ever seen in this episode of My Hero Academia. We're going to talk about that in much more about if these dads have no control over. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for Animation Deliberation. A conversation and a celebration. Of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action animation and cartoon seriously, but not too seriously. We are your hosts. I am Zuhara Lee. My name is Jay Scotty St. Clair. And I am Andrew Rogers. And I just have to ask, when you say sickest animation without spoilers, do you mean like grossest or best? Like what was the intent of that intro? I was blown away by it. Like, it looked really freaking cool. <laughs> okay, because there was also some arguably gross things going on, so I was kind of curious which you were going for with oh, that yeah. intro. I, mean, I guess it works both ways, then. It does. What was your <laughs> interpretation, listener? It was sick, <laughs> and it was sick. Sick nasty. Yeah. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? I feel like we got some weird energy going on, but I'm here for <laughs> we it. We do. <laughs> That's everything that happened off air before we got on here just just gave us a whole new mojo, and I'm fine with it. Crikey! <laughs> uh, oh, speaking new of mojo. sick animation, I started watching Mob Psycho on my flight to and back from Denver. Yeah. You did not overhype that animation at all. Like, yes, when it started, I was like, "What is up with these character designs?" And then they had that opening. I was like, "What the hell?" And the show started. And I was. I was back and forth, but not knowing how to feel about the character designs, but just being blown away by every fight scene that came up. Wow, is that show something? And, and that's why it's very hard to describe to anyone to be excited yeah. about it, because the whole time you're like, these characters don't feel special. They're drawn very crudely, but the way that they animate them is kind of awesome. So there's there's so much of that going on. <laughs> there's a couple of times where like. Like, the pervy side of anime came out with that unique drawing, too. And, of course, like, I'm sitting in the front row of the plane on my iPad. So I'm just kind of like, ah, <laughs> oh, crap, who saw that? <laughs> yeah, there, there's some anime-isms going on in that show. Um, but it's not as bad as it could be, honestly. No, so. no, not at all. But, like, if you're not an anime fan and you just saw a grown man watching that, then it's like, <laughs> oh, I ran out of that plane as quick as I could. <laughs> <laughs> but we are here to talk about... Actually, here to talk about anime, so we are on track. Um, news for anime real quick. We are super, super, super excited. Friday, March 3rd, not only do we have an hour premiere of the never-ending final season of Attack on Titan, we're on part three of God knows how many, but on the end, other end of the spectrum with people who do know how to communicate with us, <laughs> Demon Slayer, the end of... Entertainment District and our premiere of the Swordsmith Village arc is coming out on the same day. I am going to the theaters at 7 o'clock and then going to an Attack on Titan watch party afterwards. I'm very excited. How are y'all feeling about these premieres? Feeling good. Bought my tickets for Demon Slayer this afternoon. I'm going to see it tomorrow. 
345 my time and I've got I guess AMC okay. has not quite kicked in that thing where they're going to like upcharge for sitting in the middle of the theater so I was glad to see that I got a reasonable <laughs> matinee price but That's a thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole thing AMC has decided to like do like the most desirable seating is going to cost more whereas like the less desirable seating on the sides and like at the very front like nosebleed sections or whatever are going to be a little bit less. Huh. Yeah, it's a whole problematic can of worms that we're not going to open, but I'm super <laughs> excited for this as well. Seven o'clock uh, my time, I'm seeing it and then probably doing the same as Zuhair following it up. But like, I think I'm more excited for Demon Slayer just because I get same. to see the Giotaro scene on the big screen. I got my Uzui shirt in the closet ready to go. I got my Tanjiro earrings ready. I'm going to be That's that what I should wear tomorrow. guy ready to go in the theater. Someday I will get you this shirt, Jay Scotty, because it's I, it's waiting for you. I have this shirt. Oh, okay. Prepared. Cool. Nice. Maybe we'll podcast one time, all of us wearing the shirt and take a picture okay. so everyone can see this majestic shirt that I've been holding on for a long time Ooh. so that all of us have it. But. Uh, I'm super excited. Yeah, I feel bad. I forgot about it. Yeah, I'm wearing that tomorrow. Uh, someday when I meet you, Jay Scotty, it'll happen. I happen to have already. We're <laughs> met... in the same state now, too. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> and then Andrew's too busy to respond to my text till like a week later. So, it, it... <laughs> <laughs> and you're not jaded about that at all. <laughs> no, I, I just talked to Jillian now. <laughs> uh well, I will give a quick update. I did this on our Bad Batch episode, and I feel like these people here should also know about it, just in case you only listen to one. Uh, we talked about all this big anime coming out this weekend, just so you all are aware of what our recording schedule looks like. We're recording today, Thursday the 2nd, for My Hero Academia as we speak. We're all seeing these things on Friday. Our current penciled-in recording time is Monday. Uh, this upcoming Monday after the weekend is when we're going to record for both Demon Slayer and Attack on Titan. So whenever you get the chance to watch it, that's your window to get any feedback to us. We would love to hear your first initial thoughts about everything happening because we're going to be super excited going into that Monday recording, and I would love any of you guys. So we want to just let you know that's what's currently happening. We'll update you as things change because we don't know where Attack on Titan is going to fit in long term, but as of now, next Monday is the answer. Yeah, freak out with us because you boys are going to be giddy. <laughs> uh, if you want to hear Pokemon news, Zoids news, and what if news, be sure to check out the beginning of our Bad Batch episode. But we ready for My Hero? Yeah, let's dive into it. Uh, yes, Season 6, Episode 21, The Lovely Lady Nagans. All Might is cornered by two thugs. They are scared away by his sheer tenacity, refusing to leave Deku behind. Deku swings through the city to reach Lady Nagant's location, only to be caught off guard by more bullets coming from behind him, realizing she was given an extra quirk by All for One. With no other option, Deku unleashes smokescreen on the ground and begins to build up energy in his legs, which the third user recognizes as him using his quirk, Fa Jin. He warns him about using it since he has no experience, but he's su successfully able to evade Nagant in the smoke and use the energy boost to blast through a building and grab her. He demands to know why she follows All for One despite originally being a pro-hero, and as she continues to shoot away at him, she explains her history. She was an assassin sent out by the commission to kill corrupt heroes taking advantage of the system, as well as villains before they committed any crimes. All of the blood in her hands began to eat away at her mentally, considering everything about her about their society to be a sham. When she confronted her superior about this, he threatened her with silence, so she killed him in retaliation. This incident was covered up by saying she killed a fellow hero in a dispute. In response, 
Deku admits that everything isn't as black and white as he initially believed, but that's why he still intends to lend a hand. To catch him off guard, Nagant suddenly aims her rifle at the nearby overhaul. He had provided her information on who Deku was in order for her to take him to his father. She shoots at overhaul, but with no hesitation, Deku uses the power of Fajin to become faster than a speeding bullet, knocking overhaul out of the way, and uses his remaining strength to defeat Nagant. He saves her from falling, asking her to join in the fight, believing she still has the heart of a hero within her. But before she can respond, her body suddenly explodes from within, due to a failsafe all-for-one left inside her. Hawks arrives just in time to rescue her, and with her last remaining strength, tells the heroes of all-for-one's location. Endeavor apprehends Overhaul, and after hearing him rant about apologizing to his father, Deku says he will follow Nagan's promise if he shows that same regret to Eri as well. As he sees Nagan's charred body, rage towards All for One begins to swell up within Deku. Dude, I can't stress enough how sick that animation was. Like, <laughs> while he was having his inner dialogue, like, swinging through the city, and uh, just the look on, like, how he rescued Overhaul. <laughs> mm. This was impressive. The first thing that came on my timeline on Facebook, like, the day after I watched this episode, was like, some of the best animation in My Hero Academia yet. And I'm just like, oh! Yeah, considering my first thought was to compare it to the big wig itself of Mappa, like in that scene where he was swinging through the city, all I could see in my head was the scene in, I think it's season three of Attack on Titan, where it's Levi swinging through the city after Kenny and his thugs. And it just was like that yeah. perfect parallel of this is top tier, what they are doing and the way they are portraying this motion. Like they did such an amazing job with the animation. Yeah, Literally so that wasn't MAPPA yet, but the MAPPA scene that I was thinking of was when um they were on the dock and the the guy whose name I can't remember with the curly orange hair when he was like trying to escape and like everyone's trying to stop him and like Peak even like comes out and all that stuff. Like that scene had my jaw drop and Regardless, like there, there's a top five somewhere out there, and I think this definitely just made the list. It's got to be close for sure. It's got to be close. Yeah, um, it's interesting that you make the comparisons to Attack on Titan because that's definitely there. But like, I immediately thought of like, and we've compared, you know, the dark. Um, why am I not remembering what it's called now? What's the power? Dark. Black Whip. Black Whip. Uh, yeah, oh. sorry. Dark. <laughs> Dark was throwing me away. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, no, but yeah, the way it was shot from behind and he was like basically swinging. I was like, oh yeah, this feels like Spider-Man. Like yeah. the way yep. we're tracking with Deku and just like seeing the buildings fly by. But yeah, um, I agree with what was brought up about when he saved Overhaul, like seeing Fa Jin just, I, I loved everything about the visual language there, the way they depicted the kinetic energy being built up and we've seen like you know what um one for all kind of looks like is that right one for all yeah yeah what one yes. for all kind of looks like um as that builds up in his body and it was pretty it was kind of similar to that but i like that they differentiated it enough so um and then again lady nagant just like this kind of like cross between badassery and just kind of the like body horror element that comes inherently with her power like i found myself incredibly satisfied with the animation the the, that was the sick part I was talking yeah. about. The way that when she was like, I'm going to fire super speed at him, it might jam, but oh well. And just the muscle around the oh, gun yeah. was all veiny. I was just like, this is visceral. What is going on right here? It got the point across, but it was 
something. That gave me Akira vibes. Yep. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, but I will say there were the great animation moments. I think my favorite scene that I I got a good chuckle out of it was the way that they like stretched Deku's face in the one moment yeah. when he was like jumping to catch overhaul and they freeze framed mm-hmm. on it where it was like why is he you know all fast and he's talking in the background and his face is just back and I'm like <laughs> that's so funny he had like a cone head going on <laughs> like but... I wanted to laugh but I was impressed at the same time because like there's like the the bits for like old Disney movies, like when you pause in the wrong spot, but like everything about that was intentional. Yes. And while it looked funny, like it just added to the intensity of how fast he's going because he's never done that before. Mm-hmm. It a hundred like I was impressed to entertain at the same time. Mm-hmm. It it felt like a manga panel. I think mm-hmm. that's why it stuck yeah. out to me is because it felt like a freeze frame on a hey we're taking this directly from the source. I'm not sure if that's true, but it mm-hmm. felt very reminiscent of how do we portray movement in a still picture? They did it, and it was just this interesting looking frame. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find one. Well, let us know what you find. But again, singing the praises of the animation, I do want to also talk about like the story that took place and how satisfied with that I was. I really liked um, the characterization of Lady Nagant and finding out some of her backstory and how she got to where she was and the conversation she had with Deku and those like him saying the very things that we've said a lot, like give us nuance, let us know that things aren't black and white and that there are shades of gray Mm-hmm. in between there and the fact that he has come to that realization and still wants to reach his hand out and like that's why he wants to be that helping hand like just really resonated with me i liked how i really felt for lady nagat in like a short amount of time like when she was plummeting and it seemed like we were going to lose her after that explosion like i really mm-hmm. cared about her and i did not want her to die so i'm really glad that she didn't die because had she i would have like you know maybe had some concerns about the show's propensity for killing off female characters because we just lost you know midnight and if we're gonna lose lady nagan even though she's like a newer character it's kind of like and we lost crust so i'll I'll be fair there but we didn't know crust very well so uh i was trying to remember who that was (laughs) yeah because we lost crust and majestic and both of them were very well no they were both shoehorned in characters i totally agree whereas like the only major ones would be midnight and nagan like that's yeah that's questionable but and also with like my hero being as brilliant as they are the fact that they put like more of hawks's background that that timing was perfect for that scene of him swooping in to help her because that dialogue between them of like i'm a replacement i know what you went through like please like you know like i we we are the same person in a way like i know what you're going through i know what you feel just communicate with me right now like Mm -hmm. help help us remind you like why you're a hero yeah and jay scotty i couldn't have said it better myself the nuance that was there and it's always been kind of a nagging question that you kind of just dismiss is why is this such a utopia at the start of the show you know are the Mm -hmm. heroes really able to do that much that there's never been an issue before so Mm -hmm. knowing that there had to be some secret commission this whole time you know basically taking out all of the corruption at its knees so that it looks like the heroes are the ones doing it all but instead there has to be this entire you know subplot of nefarious deeds going on is so so gripping and it makes a lot more sense and like kind of makes it less excusable because that is a very 
big thing that is often swept under the rug is, oh, the hero is so powerful that there's never any crime that happens. And it's like, but, mm-hmm. but there could be. Why isn't there like someone equally as powerful that does the bad things? It's like, oh, we just killed them first. Don't worry about it. I like, hate indestructible heroes so much. <laughs> That's why, like, the Superman in Young Justice is my favorite Superman, because, like, he gets knocked out so much. Mm. Um, and like All Might himself, like, yes, he's powerful. Yes, he makes people feel like they're safe, but he's never been known to be indestructible. It's not like All for One was the only person that could defeat him. Like, you saw how much he struggled in the second episode when he was trying to save Deku and Bakugo. Um, so there's just like it's just the way that they draw these lines and build these background stories and just like this isn't your typical kids superhero show like there's so much darkness within these characters and within this world that they're building like for a while i've been trying to get sarah day to watch my hero and she's like i'll watch it when you watch fairy tale which i've tried but mm-hmm. <laughs> she was saying that she was like yeah my my husband was watching this anime and like this guy went to hug his dog and he just turned into dust and then this and that and it was so dark and creepy and it was like you know shigaraki's origin story oh right and i was like oh yeah that's my hero she was like that's the show you've been trying to get me to watch and i was mm. like yeah dude shit gets real in this show mm-hmm. it's not slowing down either yeah yeah and uh yeah just i i thought it was a very effective use of screen time um with lady nagant like showing her like i got you know vibes of like minority report with her having to kill villains that hadn't done anything wrong yet they were just planning to but they hadn't actually done it like all of the like you know fallout and moral questions regarding that but then like juxtapositioning that with like kids like going up to her and being like oh i can i get your autograph or just like i want to shake your hand and then like she goes and has this lady Macbeth moment where she sees this blood on her hands and yeah really really well done that was then, that one was in the back pocket. I was letting you call out. I know you're a Macbeth fan, so I was like, I'm gonna let him say it because I knew the parallel was there the whole time. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and just for being so emotionless, like sitting next to the window by herself, in in comparison to seeing her as a kid when she got like the opportunity to be a hero, mm. you know, similar to what uh, Hawks went through. Mm-hmm. That was just that was a lot. <laughs> Such a like they gave us a lot in 20 minutes, dude. Yeah, they did. <laughs> And I I loved, again, I talked about it last week, how cool the exposition was. And this week, it was just as cool that she was shooting microphone bullets. And that's how it was Deku hearing the story be told, not just thinking it or not just reflecting on it in a flashback as she's dying. Like, it was all happening in real time. And I I was so sucked in by seeing that in front of me. It was so much better than it could have been and needed to be. They knocked it out of the park. Just the emotional warfare of like, he's still getting shot at, but he's trying to figure out where these voices are coming from and he's trying to track where she is. And then there's yeah. all this storytelling going on. It's like, can we can we do one or the other? <laughs> Don't want to multitask right now. But also he was listening so intently. He understood and was trying to reason with her. Like he wasn't just going for the kill. He was like, no, there's a lot going on here. I need to unpack this while dodging bullets from multiple directions. Well, speaking of going for the kill too, I really liked how the episode set things up like when Deku Deku was like flying through the city evading her bullets and like everyone that grazed her I was like wincing more and more like how much more of this can he take and then he reveals to her like I know 
your shots were like slightly off. If you really wanted to kill me, you could have killed me. And like, you have this hesitation or even with um, overhaul, like as much as, you know, we, the audience thought she was and even with her dialogue, like we thought she was legitimately trying to take him out. She had that margin of error there so that he could save them because she didn't, you know, there was, you know, back, back to star Wars, there's still good in her and Deku sensed that. And she has this redemption and, um, I'm excited to, she's obviously going to have to face, you know, some repercussions for her crimes, but I'm excited to see the potential for her to be rehabilitated. And I would really love it if they continued her relationship with Hawks, like with him, like coming in, like, and she calls him like Mr. Replacement and like just the kind of rejection she has there. But then this like immediately kind of like warming up to him and th- and those little baby wings. Like when we talked about the episode <laughs> being sick at the beginning, I wanted to make a joke about Hawks' baby wings, but they were cute. They were cute. They weren't sick. And then the, still the animation, <laughs> <laughs> the look on his face said, never. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, like, that, he just heard he just heard Chisaki and just like jetted over there. It's like, wait, your, your boy can't fly yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, help me out. There, there were two great emotional moments that were kind of a reprieve. It was that, and it was getting to see more of All Might just caring so intensely about Deku. Oh. I joked last week about him caring for him with those pork cutlets, and then <laughs> to see it come full circle of like. I will stand up to you. Doesn't matter what weapons you have. I promised his mother, like seeing that finally fulfilled in such a way. It was heartbreaking. It was emotional. And it has me absolutely terrified for all might at this point. Yeah, I, I loved all of that. My only gripe is that I hope in a future episode, because I feel like a lot of that happened off screen. Like they did the setup for it and they were like, what's, Oh, this isn't the all might we know. Look at that scrawny body. Like we're okay. And then we didn't get to really see what he did. We just saw him start to approach them with all that tenacity and that, that bravado and the briefcase. I want to know what's in the briefcase. Cause I feel like that was an intentional, he's got some new gear or something that's going to help him fight. That's my guess. But I was like, the briefcase is something because he leapt out of the car with that specifically. Sure. Yeah. Good good call. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if he, I don't know if you guys listened to the, the solo episode that I did. For full power. If that was the name of it, yeah. It was just a 10-minute episode that all three of us weren't available. And so I did, I covered, like, the My Hero episode myself. Mm-hmm. I think it was when um, Quantumania came out. Okay. But there was, like, one of my favorite things about that was that they referred to the first My Hero movie, which is arguably, like, my favorite anime movie. Okay. And there is his, like, American former sidekick that's like a scientist now Mm -hmm. and there was a contraption that they used for deku in that movie which is what he's using now oh those compression oh that's where those came from yeah that was that was the person that he got it from so it's like that movie didn't have the intent of being canon but it was kind of set up in a way that it could be if they wanted to Mm -hmm. okay so knowing that he has that connection and that resource validates a little more of what you're saying about the briefcase like if he made that stuff for Deku like what is he making because All Might has combat experience like he knows how to fight he just doesn't have the muscles behind it anymore right mm-hmm. so now you have me wondering like if his best friend slash former sidekick is this worried about him not having powers anymore because he was one of the few people that knew about a secret like did he actually work on something for the scenario that 
he needs to live without his powers. It's just going to be the Iron Man suit up scene from Iron Man 2 where he pulls it out of the briefcase. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's actually a really cool insight because there, there's been a couple things this season that and the silhouettes of the American heroes that have been like, this feels like there's more story that they want to tell here somewhere. And I'm glad to know that there was something going on behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, l- listen to that if you get a chance. It was a really short episode, but I I was just geeking over the connections between what's going on right now in that movie. Yeah, all this talk about like American heroes and American sidekicks and everything like that. It it did make me think of um when Deku did his smash to break <laughs> Lady Nagant's arm. I think this was was this the first time we heard Manchester smash because like I, that's like okay, that's not in the United States. That's like you know a city in the UK. I, I know it's in one of the games okay i do think this was the first time it hasn't been like a state or a city in the u i mean i guess manchester is also a city in the u.s oh yeah there's no somewhere doubt manchester, sure. but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it did feel intentionally different i wonder if one of the old users like was like hey do this smash i got you I'm, <laughs> here's a new place for you <laughs> Oh, and Detroit, Delaware, United States, uh, double Detroit. Okay. While you're looking that up, uh, Andrew, you mentioning the users and the vestiges. I did like the confirmation that like, and maybe it was, you know, a little self gratification that my speculation was right. Is that we learned who the second user was and who the third user was. It was nice. Um, to not only see the quirk and see it be used, but just, yeah, to get that confirmation. Confirmation. I'll be ex- excited to learn more about the second user and his quirk as well. Yeah, I think that was the cool thing. I was really worried we weren't going to get an explanation of the quirk, that they were just going to kind of throw it at us, because they didn't mm-hmm. explain it until like the back half of the episode. But it was really nice to get that information, because I'm like, they're not usually ones to just give us powers for power's sake like we need the full explanation so getting the scientific kinetic energy disposal side i was like nice okay we we have some reasoning behind this and as per usual they're fairly accurate to the possible way that it could happen then you know that's Mm -hmm. cool yep any news on the smashes there zuhair uh i think he used it against chisaki once oh maybe he did okay mm. so it would make sense in the air and flips forward to bring down an axe kick upon his opponent although kai chisaki managed to evade it the attack itself pulverized the ground thoroughly enough that chisaki wasn't able to completely retaliate with his overhaul quirk bingo bango <laughs> right, well well uh i don't have anything else to to say on this one but i open the floor to any final <laughs> thoughts for you all I love the show so much, and the season has just been perfect. It has been. Um, I'll save most of my thoughts because there's going to be a lot more next week. I just am not prepared for the Chisaki Airy reuniting that they are teasing and how this is oh, about to go, and to see uh, Daddy Zawa come out and protect fully his adopted daughter Airy here. So yeah, like, I'm, I'm not ready be... for her like her PTSD. Yeah, no, seriously, mm. I I am not I'm not prepared for it. I feel like there's a lot going on, but I'm also give us more Aizawa back. So we'll take I it. I think Lamillion will be in the room, too. 
I think yeah. everyone will be in the room, honestly. I don't think anyone is going to let this happen. Oh, wait. Does this mean he's going back to UA? Oh, that would, I hopefully. That would be nice. Yeah, that's that's something to chew on for next week. Uh, okay. Listeners, let us know what you think. <laughs> and if you want to let us know what you think. Uh... Not if you read the manga, though. Yeah, not if you read the manga. <laughs> you know, people don't want to hear from I'm sorry. Unless you're reacting to our thoughts. <laughs> well, to, to be fair, I think Fabian is like the one uh, frequent feedback provider that has read, and he usually does. I, actually, I don't. I don't think he's ever betrayed us in terms of yeah. telling us things we don't want to know. He's always been very, very good about. I'm just waiting for Fabian to send us an email that just says "ha ha, wait and see," and no, no subject, <laughs> nothing else. He's just like dangling it over us. But uh, if you were to want to send us an email, you can send us an email at animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, text, voice memos, however you would like to give us that feedback. We are always welcome to hear anything from the listeners, whether it be on My Hero Academia or for uh all of the other anime like we mentioned you can also give us feedback and or follow us on all of our social medias animation deliberation on facebook and instagram as well as animation delib one on twitter and as we say almost every week the single best and easiest and freest way to support us is to give us a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast platform you are using apple spotify i don't know what else there is but i know there are several more uh we love to see that and like i said it's just amazon there you go it is the best way to help other people find us and spread the network of animation deliberators uh that we have going on here i heart it's just listing radio radio platforms (laughs) you heart what (laughs) hey we we upload to spreaker which is an iheart product so i think it's important to say that iheart radio is is an option i guess I don't know if there's a review system. That was kind of the reason that I was like, I'm going to mention these because I think you can review on these, but I don't know. However you tell us to love us, just tell us you love us. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. All right, well, uh, that's going to do it for this one. So thanks as always, and keep tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. B plus ultra, and as always, stay wound. And until another redemption arc, muscle, muscle. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. <laughs>